0: You're listening to The Other Side, a podcast designed to help people, regardless of their experience, figure out how to make that leap and thrive in the ever changing and chaotic business world. I'm James Iwana, a recent graduate who's trying to find his place in this crazy world.
1: And I'm Renata Squario, a senior executive of 30 years who's worked in some of Australia's largest organisations. And as my daughters grow up, I want this to be my legacy them and the next generation. The world of work is changing and I want to help them and you thrive on the other side. Hey James, we're back for more fun together. Uh, We've done quite a bit of thinking about uh, self-awareness. We've told a bit about our story and today we're going to take our listeners through this concept of selling yourself, being your own CEO in the written format. So we all know when we've applied for jobs. The first kind of way that you introduce yourself uh, through a job process or to a recruiter is often through a cover letter and your CV. And so today we wanted to explore the art that is selling yourself in the written form and give you some tips and tricks as we have uh, in some of the previous podcasts around maybe how you can get the edge because remember this uh, other side podcast is all around helping you get the edge and helping you get that job because that's what we all really, really want. So James, I think uh, some of the questions I get asked quite often actually from people that I mentor and give advice to on applying for jobs is what's the right length, what's the right tone, how do I sell myself? And I, I think we should probably start there today. The reality is that there isn't any right or wrong answer and I wish that I could say that you'll write your cover letter once, you'll write your CV once and you'll be able to send it in and not have to do much work to it. Honestly, my experience, myself having applied for many roles in the past and having to sell myself myself, through the written form is that you do have to do the work every single time you apply for a job. If you really want the job, then you've got to put in the hours to be able to really tell your story in a way that's going to get a recruiter excited about bringing you on. And so, you know, James gave me a really good idea when we started talking about this concept of applying for roles uh, James, do you want to tell us what you did? Uh, I think you went on to Seek and you did something really clever. I thought it was really, uh, really, really clever. Can you share that with us?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Ren. Um, I won't take full credit for the nifty little idea, but a friend of mine told me that you know when you're in that opening stage of writing your cover letter or even your CV, it's really important to go on to things like Seek or LinkedIn um, in the job search part of it and and look at the jobs that are being advertised that you're going after and tailor, tailor the cover letter and resume to the keywords that they use. So for instance, in my situation, I was applying or am applying for communication roles or public relation roles or similar marketing assistants and the key theme that I've picked up on is, you know, really strong written and communication skills. So, part of my cover letter is I say I understand that you're looking for someone with excellent written and communication skills, and I fit this because of X, Y, Z. And and I really make sure that, you know, when they've said that um, we're looking for someone with strong written and communication skills in their ad that I have something in the bank to to go back on and and tailor my CV to make sure that they understand that I I can fit that part of the role.
1: And I think, James, what you talked about there is important in terms of being able to then respond to their question or their desire for a particular skill set and weave back your elevator pitch and your strengths and respond to that need, telling them something about yourself. I think the other thing you mentioned to me in the past, James, was this concept of getting a vibe about the culture of the company through the ad again. So I think you had an example of where you actually had a bit of fun with one of your cover letters because you picked up a vibe in the actual ad itself that it was a playful company. Can you tell us a bit about that?
0: What I found, just quick side note before I get to that, what I found is in the interviews that I have really made a connection with the people interviewing me and, and a connection with the company, it's been, I have been able to tell before I even walk into the interview that I'm going to to make, be able to make that connection that, you know, my personality is going to fit in with um, the people interviewing me and that it's not an interrogation, it's that they genuinely want to get to know me. And I mean, I have weird and wacky ways of figuring that out and sometimes I'm wrong. But um, yeah, you can generally tell beforehand. And uh, as as you quite rightly said, there was one particular um, job ad that asked something about dogs, and my entire first paragraph of my cover letter was about my dog and my love for him, and um, we're kind of inseparable. But we won't get to we we won't get to ask. That's for
1: another podcast, James.
0: Well. F- for everyone else's sake i won't start otherwise i won't be able to stop but i even included a picture of my dog in the in the cover letter and um sent it off got an interview had a really wonderful interview and even in in the rejection call they they really said that they well we still had a laugh and a chat before they rejected me and um that was, that was i mean nice i guess never nice to be rejected but it was it was a nice way they didn't and and uh you know, they said that they took someone internally and they really liked me and want me to, to keep applying or they'll contact me if they have any other jobs. So
1: so that's a silver lining moment, James. I, th- I think the story there is you were true. You You sort of made sure that you did the homework. You understood what the company was looking for. You tailored your cover letter and CV to that company and their culture and what they'd be looking for. And actually, even though you didn't get the job... What ended up happening was they acknowledged that one they loved your cover letter they loved you being authentic and two they want you on their books and for future opportunities that is a huge win that is a massive mm. massive win
0: and as something i've really struggled with is like how do i respond to generic job adverts with personality and not sort of being overbearing so it's easy when um the job advert has a bit of flair and a bit of spunk or whatever and you can sort of it tailor your cover letter to to reflect that and, and show that you're x y or z of a person but something i've really struggled with is like how do i tailor a professional generic job advert to and show that that i'm not that i'm more than just you know a good communicator or um have good work ethic or whatever it is that they're looking for. And so that's, that's been a, that's been a struggle for me.
1: But you've practiced. I mean, I guess the, and the underlying thing that'll come through all of our episodes, James, is nothing comes from nothing. You really do have to work for it. And for those that have seen the, the Max Me video that I produced to try and tell the story around why I started the company, you, you'll see there that you know I use words like you you can have the career and the future that you desire but it's not enough to just desire it you have to work for it and so that's I guess the underlying message and I think what you're sharing to us through your very recent experience and a lot of our listeners would be similar to you James just out of uni or still at uni about to leave so they'd be um, yeah I think they'll be well served in terms of hearing that ex- um, that example that you gave us. Length is another thing that I get asked quite a bit. How long should my CV be? And, And it's interesting, there's so many schools of thought, so I'm sorry, listeners, it's confusing. And again, some recruiters will like short ones, some recruiters will like long ones. The reality is, and the underlying message is, be true to yourself. Make sure that your CV in particular tells your story. Use really relevant information for the job that you're going for. Don't put every single thing that you've ever done and hope that in that soup someone will find you know the nugget and go oh yes I definitely want to interview this person that's not how it works. If you if you sort of put yourself in the shoes of the recruiter, they're getting lots and lots and lots of CVs. For those of you out there going for graduate roles, when I was at NAB, we used to get three thousand applications a year, and we used to take hundred graduates. The reality is you've got to stand out, and it's not going to be for it, it can't be for the wrong reasons. So. Tell your story. Be compelling in the way you tell your story. Make sure that the content that you use makes sense for why you're applying for the job. Make sure that you tell the recruiter how much you want to work for the company and why you want to work for the company. Weave in things that are important that might, you know, give them this sense of this person has done their homework, they understand our corporate values, they understand what it looks like to work here And they'll be a valuable contributor. Tell your story in a way that will sell that to a recruiter. Authenticity is really, really important. Be believable. And if there are things that you put in your CV that for some reason might not be believable, and James, you know, we we discussed a good example of... I think someone that you have in your network gave you some feedback that said, if if you're a student and you're saying that you've got a lot of work experience, most recruiters wouldn't expect that. So they might be thinking, oh, you're making that up or you're, you know, doctoring the truth. The reality is, if you do have all that experience and you think a recruiter is going to think, well, that doesn't, you know, one plus one doesn't equal two, tell the story of why. Actually, say you know this. I do have all this experience. This is where I've got it. I know it's unusual. I know most students wouldn't have it, but I do have it, and that's a really big positive. That's a differentiating factor. As long as you can sell it and make it believable, James, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it's it's quite interesting that you say that. Um, something that I've been working on is I do have experience. You know, a year out of university but I'm still a baby that doesn't really know much. So, you know, how do I find that balance of saying, look, I do have some experience. I've worked for two years, got got a cool um, internship in a foreign country for a couple of weeks. I've worked on a startup, but, you know, at the end of the day, I still am new to the workforce, to the corporate world, if, if that's where I end up. So how do I let them know, or you know, how do I convey to the recruiter that I'm, you know, still at the beginning, I'm a baby, but I do have some experience, you know, so it's that balance of selling myself and being authentic that, you know, I don't have as much knowledge as, as maybe it looks like I have.
1: Yeah, there's a saying, I think Catherine Hepburn said, you know, you can only be yourself because everybody else is taken. So... That very much is the truth. Just be yourself. Don't try and be who you think the recruiter wants you to be because that's not really going to hold you in good stead. Please, you know, I've been doing this for a while and take it from me. You know, the the most compelling CVs that I've read and I've read lots of them have been, you know, a person's ability to really sell what they've done, why they've done it what they've achieved, what they're proud of, and most importantly, what they bring. So I'm going to pause on that because I think one of the other things that's really important is this concept of the non-work stuff. I know in my CV, and I've definitely done two gazillion iterations of my own CV, I change it all the time because, as I said to you, when you apply for jobs, you have to tailor it to the job and the company and the vibe and the culture, et cetera, but one of the things that I've really forced myself to do uh, in my CV is, is to tell more of the you know the, the whole self story. So in my CV, I'll have things like I'm a mother of two children and for me, it's really important, the footprint that I live in this world and, and the way that I contribute to this world because I want it to be a better world for my kids. And I've actually put that in my CV. Some recruiters might be looking at that and going, no, that's not for us, that's too you know, spongy, that's too touchy-feely, and that's not who we are. And you know what? That's probably okay because I might not work in those organisations anyway. But the ones that read it and go, wow, you know, Renata is definitely someone who's going to fit in here because that's our values, what my CV does is it gives me the edge because, you know, if there's 50 CVs that are really kind of boring and say the same thing and are very technical and give all the, you know, only the work examples, I think my CV will stand out because I've given my whole self in the CV and the story that I've told. So I think I I couldn't stress that enough. Take the time to think about who you are, work out what your strengths are, work out what your values are, and then tell that story through the written format when you're applying for jobs.
0: It's interesting you say that because I find that much easier in the interview process as opposed to, you know, writing it down and, uh, I had an interview last week and I always make it a point that to to say that I don't I'm not gonna sell myself as having more experience than I actually have and that um, I'll make sure that you know I'm true to myself in the interview make them laugh just be just be myself and um, it it's much easier to do that in the interview than, than in a cover letter or a CV. So, you know, it, it it takes a lot of practice and, and work on the CV to get to a point where your personality shines, shines through your CV and cover letter.
1: James, I think it's probably a good time for us to perhaps hand over to our colleague Kat, who is a veteran HR person, has spent much of her career uh, in HR roles, senior HR roles in big corporates. So she's read a fair few CVs, and I thought we might want to hear from Kat uh, just to share some of the things that she has seen over the years and the things that have made a difference to her. We might hand over to her. We, we uh, asked Kat some questions a little while ago and, and recorded her answers, and we'll share those with you here, and then we might come back to you and just conclude uh, and give you some things to think about and take away. Over to you, Kat. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. And today we are talking to Catherine. She is a veteran HR person, although she started when she was 10 years old, of course. (laughs) And uh, has also spent a lot of time in big corporates on the business side. So she's not only worked in HR, but she's actually been a business leader and has led big teams to deliver outcomes for customers. So she really has a very unique perspective on both sides, uh, both when she was working in the people function and also in some of the more business-led functions. And Kat is going to spend some time talking to us today about the good, bad and ugly of cover letters and CVs and share some of her perspectives, what she's seen, what she thinks works well and what you should definitely avoid. So without further ado, I might ask Kat to
2: just tell us a bit about herself and what she's passionate about. Hey, Renata. So pleased to be here, everybody. Um, Well, like Renata said, I have a pretty diverse background, so both business and in HR, and have worked in lots of different industries too. And I think one of the things um, I eventually got into HR, because I'm really passionate about people, people are the thing that bring businesses to life.
1: Well, let's start with cover letters then, Kat. We're really interested in knowing a bit more about effective cover letters we've been talking to the listeners around selling yourself this whole proposition around you know be your own CEO you've got to sell yourself and this episode in particular that we're interviewing you for is around the selling yourself in the written format in your cover letter in your CV so in terms of cover letters let's start there you know give us a bit of the good bad and ugly what have been the things that have stood out for you and why
2: Well, first of all, we should start with the fact that it's often a hurdle to whether you go forward or not if you submit a cover letter. So I always tell people, yes, please, a cover letter every time even though they haven't asked for it. Uh, Plenty of people just dismiss your application if you don't attach a cover letter. And I'll tell you why it's important. It's actually the link that tells the company why they should hire you. They can read your expertise in your CV. But the who you are really needs to come out in this. And part of that is actually showing some self-awareness about what makes you tick. That emotional quality, that emotional maturity to do that is something that recruiters really look for. And it actually spells management potential. Um, So first of all, a cover letter, please. That's the good bit. Um, Show the self-awareness the bad bits, gee, where do you start? You could probably think of quite a few that have uh, hung, stood out during the years, but the ones that are not actually related to the job you're applying for stand out, where somebody just goes off on a complete tangent, doesn't look at the advertisement or wherever you get introduced to the role. They'll give you some key words, some, some key capabilities you're looking for. You really need to play back who you are in relationship to those key things that they're looking for not make it too long, but some people tend to go off on a tangent. You just need to be a bit disciplined about how you respond and keep it, I'd say, three, three, four paragraphs max, small ones. And, Kat, do you think it's important
1: to, you know, sometimes when I think about cover letters, you know, those long, boring ones where I think what you were alluding to before where people just lob everything in and hope for the best... Certainly they've been the ones that I've looked at and have gone, wow, this person's really off the mark. Would you agree that, you know, sort of not taking a generic view and being yourself is quite important?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, you want to give the company a reason to hire you. They need to know who you are. So it needs to reflect who you are. At the same time, there's plenty of time in the interviews that follow to explore that in more depth. So you want to keep it to a level where, You're grabbing their attention, you're giving them a reason to want to interview you, but they don't have to have, you know, a PhD in who you are at the end of that letter.
1: Then let's uh, focus on the CV then, the second bit of the written selling yourself uh, portion. What would you say would be sort of some really good CVs that you've seen and some not so good
2: CVs? And what, what were the things that stood out for you? Yeah. Yeah, so there's, um, just as a hygiene factor, there's some that just don't have great formatting. And that may seem like a silly thing, but great formatting, and by that I mean the spacing, the font you use, the, the how you actually use the graphic image of the words on the page, helps people to read. It helps to draw your eye. So you do well to pay attention to some of that stuff. Once you get through the formatting, um, the thing that you should really pay attention to uh, beyond the flow then is telling your story, but in a succinct way. Um, Some of the challenges I see on CVs, particularly in Australia, I have to say, not necessarily the case in North America, but in Australia, people tend to make their CVs too long. 10 pages is not a good thing. And I realize at the beginning of your career, you may not have that much, but don't be afraid to not have that much. It's okay to be that. Up front, I always like to see some sort of summary. And whether that's at the beginning of your career, you want to have an objective statement uh, with a summary of some experience, something to give people who don't have a lot of time, who may only look at the first page of your CV, an overview of who you are and why they want to read further. Next, you get into um, what is your experience and again at the beginning of your career you may not have that many jobs that you've done but you can put together a story of the experience that relates either to work that you have done or volunteering experience or whatever else it is that relates to what you've done. It may have been in your education that tells the story of you. Fabulous, Kat, look, there's some
1: real nuggets in there. Thank you so much. I think the listeners will really benefit from your insight. Really, if you were to think about some real mandatories around cover letters and CVs, so the, the must-haves, the cannot-do-withouts, yeah. can you give our listeners a sense of what that might be, please?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think there's a mixture of sort of what I call hygiene factor things and then there's um, other stuff that reflect you so the hygiene factor things and, you know, this can really trip you up for all the wrong reasons. Please make sure that you get the names right that you're addressing the cover letter to, the, any reference to the role that uh, the cover letter is in relation to, get all that sort of stuff right. The spelling, the references, it can get you disqualified for all the wrong reasons. So that's just the, uh, the first bar. And then we get to the bulk of the letter, and it, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting balance because it needs to reflect who you are as a person and uh, give people a real sense of why you are suitable for the role, uh, um, but it shouldn't be gimmicky. So let me explain what I mean by that. I actually, I think that you want to, you know, what, what is your elevator pitch? Put that forward. Who are you and why are you the best for the role? And don't be afraid to use non-corporate-y type language in it. But you don't need to get gimmicky on the other end like it's some sort of used car salesperson. Forgive the pun. If somebody out there is looking to be a used car salesperson, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it needs to be you, um, but it needs to be professional as well. And, Kat, we've
1: spoken to our listeners a lot around, you know, uh, taking part in something like the VIA character strength survey so to really get a language around what your top strengths are and then really familiarize yourself with what that is and then weave it into a story around who you are and why you want the job why you'll be good for that job that you're applying for what's your point of view on that
2: absolutely I I mean I think we said earlier um, anything you can do to show your self-awareness as it relates to the role that you're putting forward or your aspirations, fantastic. It's one of the hardest to, um, you know, to replicate management traits in people. We need need people, we want people coming into our workplaces who've got that self-awareness, who are willing to develop.
1: That brings us almost to the end of our fantastic segment, Kat. You've been fantastic and really, really generous in terms of your thinking. So if you were to leave the listeners with kind of the top two call to actions around their written selling of themselves and their cover letter and CV, what
2: would it be? Make sure that it reflects you as a person. And what that involves is having a degree of self-awareness about who you are and developing developing essentially your elevator pitch so why would somebody want to hire you so that's work that you need to do before you get into writing the cover letter and the CV Um, I'd also say there's a couple of things that are shall we say gifts on the table for you to progressing things like make sure you get all the hygiene factors right the spelling the references to the to the jobs um, keyword search in the position description or in the job ad, they will give you keywords that relate to exactly what they're working, looking for. You need to weave those words into your cover letter and even into your CV, if appropriate, if they're looking for specific technical skills, because oftentimes these things will be uh, run on a keyword search and uh, a, a first pass will be developed off of that.
1: Thanks, Kat. The only other thing I've thought of quickly, and I will, I normally I don't squeeze things in after the call to action, but I will in this case. I'm a bit uh, strong on this and keen for your thinking around the use of key achievements and in particular really being able to convey what you delivered as a result of what you did and the use of me, like specific language around I rather than we. So I know a lot of people say to you, you know, you should speak about yourself more than the we because you need to show that you have delivered those things and what you've delivered. I'm keen for your thoughts on this, Kat. Uh,
2: You know, I I don't know if there is... Oh, first of all, let me say um, absolutely 100% agree with... You need to give people a sense for what you achieved, not just the activities you've done. And again, this may be challenging early in your career, but you can always weave in, even if it's been volunteer experience, what the outcome was from the activity that you did. And bear that in mind as you go forward and develop your CV in your career. I've seen some very, very senior CVs where they're not making that link. It's just a list of activities. And it can can be career-limiting, quite frankly. The other thing we were talking about was the I versus the we. And uh, look, I am a big believer in team and how we pull this together. But you need to balance that out too, with they're, they're not hiring the whole team, they're hiring you. So you need to not be afraid to call out things that relate to you as well. I, I, I don't think, I think it's a both in cases, Renana. Um, you need to be clear though on what it was that you contributed as an individual versus what you contributed to and were part of as a group.
1: Well, listeners, I think you'll agree with me what a generous amount of time Kat has spent with us and really just sharing some fantastic ideas from her very long career, illustrious career and that experience that she has. So Kat, from us to you, thank you so much for spending your time
2: with us and we really appreciate it. Oh, thanks Renata. It's been such a joy and um, all the best, everybody.
0: Well, as we look to conclude and part ways for another episode, we'd like to give you a summary of this episode. So here goes. Understand that not all of your experience is relevant or necessary to the job you're applying for, and therefore you can leave it out of your CV or cover letter. A tip to help you stay relevant in your application is to look at the job adverts of the roles you're applying for and use the words and sentiments that the ad is using to mould your CV and cover letter. Be yourself in your CV and cover letter. Let the recruiter get a feel of the type of person you are and don't fall into the trap of being overly professional and losing some of your personality in the process. It's often a hurdle to attach a cover letter to your application because the cover letter is the link that tells the company why they should hire you make sure you get the hygiene factors right, like names, address, role or spelling. You don't want to get disqualified for the wrong reasons. Remember, there's no set length you should abide by when writing your CV. Be true to yourself and make sure you can tell your story. Even if you don't have much experience, you can still put together a story, whether that's volunteer work or work assignments you've done during your uni degree. And lastly, don't be afraid to use non-corporate language as long as it doesn't become gimmicky. Unfortunately, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you really got a lot out of it. And with that, there's only one thing left to do. And in the words of Ron Swanson, I'm not usually one for speeches, so goodbye.